Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Bobby Regan of Barstool Sports, friend of the show. Always fun to catch up with him about basketball. And Bobby, appreciate it, man. How you doing this afternoon? Good, man. How are you? Uh, we're doing good, man. Doing good. So overall, I know you're you're a basketball junkie. I mean, you can't get enough of it. And with the NBA, especially in the playoffs, just how do you feel like? It's gone so far. Has it been about as enjoyable as you would hope? Has it been maybe less than what you expected? Just overall, how are you feeling about it? I mean, listen, I'm a diehard Knicks fan. Like, my dog's named after Charles Oakley. So, the playoffs have been delightful so far. Now, that can change if history ruins my Knicks here and, and they blow the 3-1 lead. But for me, I, think, I mean, wish we did this more often. You see a path to the Eastern Conference Finals for the Knicks, especially if uh, you're talking about Knicks Heat in the next round. How, how would you feel about that? I mean, I'll go right back to the 90s, and I will – Tyler, like, like obviously I'm in Kentucky, I do. I will talk every negative thing about Adebayo, Riley, Hero. It doesn't matter because now we're in the NBA. Uh, there is a path, obviously. Like it, It's crazy that the Heat are up 3-1 when they were, what, two minutes away from being eliminated by the Bulls in the playing game or the second playing game. So it's, it is a, it is one of the more weird playoffs when you, when you look at, you know, kind of where the first round currently is. And you have, and I mean, I know they're the Lakers, but they are seven seed winning. You have, um, you know, the eight seed heat winning. You have six seed Warriors in a two, two, you know, series with the three seed. Kings. It, the, the teams, that are winning makes sense in, in terms of you just look at the names, but in terms of everything that has happened in the season, it, it's been a it's been a weird playoff. I feel like the first what two half weeks. Yeah, it has been, and and you know you mentioned some of the the teams that are lower seeds or teams that are in the playing game but now have a commanding lead. Do you chalk that up to just the parity and how even it is among all of these teams in the NBA, or is it more about the injuries or some of the issues? Like what what do you chalk that up to as far as these lower seeded teams having so much success early? I think it's a little bit of both, right? Like injuries for sure. The Giannis missed, what, two and a half games? And you're talking about arguably the best player in the, in the league. So in, in that series, yeah, it's in, I think that's an major thing. And, and the Bucs have battled injuries kind of all year. But, you know, when you lose Giannis, especially in, in the best of seven, I think that's there. Look at Memphis, and, it, yeah, there, there's been injuries. But also, it, it's cliche, and I hate to say it, but, like, the lack of veteran leadership where – they're the young group, and all of a sudden they're a two seed, and now you're going up against. Well, yeah, they don't make a lot of sense. I, I still don't think they're good of a team, but you look at LeBron and, and Davis and everyone else on the the Lakers that at least have playoff experience. They are. It's. It, it, and again, I hate saying it, it's Pete using cliches, but the playoffs are such a different animal than the regular season. And when you're talking about playing the same team, set, you know, seven times, there is something to that that that's tough to do. We talk about in college basketball, right, where you know, we love the SEC Big 12 um, challenge because it breaks up the monotony of, of conference season. You see someone different, different scouting, everything like that. And the playoffs are the opposite of that, where you're just seeing the same guys over and over and over again. And, yeah, like you can make some changes, but it's just who plays better. And, and there's something beautiful in that where, you know, you typically get the best teams, the better team advancing. And and it's not like oh well one game where you you know you shot terribly the other team was hot whatever so it's 
it, it is weird to see it, but it, it's a variety of reasons. And it, that's the other thing that's made the playoffs so, I think, fun and weird at the same time. Is, you know, injuries are, are one of the major storylines, along with, you know, everything else that's going on. Last night's game, Bucks Heat, you had Giannis, who was coming back from injury, and he had a triple-double, but it was completely overshadowed in a close game by Jimmy Butler going for 56 yeah. and doing everything he had to do to will the Heat to be able to win that game last night. It, it, Jimmy Butler's performance got to the point where I was just laughing. Like it was the, we, you get these every once in a while, and I feel like it's typically reserved like stuff where you know, all of a sudden he's pulling up from like half court, and you're like, that shot's going in. And you can do nothing to laugh. And it's like, what, is it, what do you want them to do differently? Because they're throwing everything at this guy. And that's where Jimmy Butler kind of got in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah, he had the, what, 20-point first quarter. In the fourth quarter, he was going off again. And when he had that stretch with, what, like three and a half minutes to go, steal the dunk, the, I think it ended up being two long twos, maybe one was rolled a three. And when he hit those, you just I was just sitting on the couch, like, just like kind of chuckling, like, it, it, sure, like I don't. That's that's a shot you live with when you're going up against Jimmy Butler, but he's just making everything. And it was a special performance. It was one of the greatest performances we've ever seen in an individual postseason game. And it's like, what what do you want them to do? Like they, they throw a bunch of different defenders on him. I don't know what the solution was. Well, so speaking of that, uh, just in the playoffs in general, has there been one player that you feel like has been the best performer and has risen above everybody else? Is it Jimmy Butler? And, and I know it's only had a few games, but just what individual player you feel like has stood out the most in a good way? There are a couple. I mean, the, the, you know, Jimmy Butler's of the world. Jalen Brunson is another guy I would put in there. Um, you know, I think you still got to mention LeBron, considering what he's been doing against Memphis. Um, you know, Phoenix kind of gets it a little bit from Durant, from Paul. They get it a little bit everywhere. Um, even though they're losing, like Russell Westbrook has been really good for the Clippers. But, you know, I, I do think it's just kind of the, the obvious ones. The Jimmy Butlers, um, the Jalen Brunsons, uh, you know, Jason Tatum, I guess you can throw in there, or even Jalen Brown uh, and LeBron. And, and then, you know, I, I hate that he got hurt, but, you know, for, through the first four games, De'Aaron Fox has been awesome for Sacramento. So what, what do you think of that injury? You think um, he'll be able to play? They've listed him as doubtful, but they haven't ruled him out. And uh, it it may sound almost like they're playing it up a little bit more, playing coy and uh, trying to catch the Warriors off guard. Yeah, I don't know because it's on a shooting hand, right? And that's just that's what throws it off. You know, anyone who's ever not even played that, anyone who's ever shot a basketball knows, or shot a basketball correctly at least knows. How important, like that finger is to to, to your shooting motion, and, and playing with a splint on it makes it even more difficult. And then Fox has become, you know, a better shooter than what he was in college and, and throughout his early career. And, and he does have the ball in his hands the majority of the time you know, for the, the Kings' offense. I, I think there is some serious concern, and and you know, I think maybe this game is kind of like okay, you might have to sit him out because you know you at least have one more game left, and and can get him healthy enough to just go play two more after that. Um, so it's it, it's the it's the worst case scenario just being on the shooting hand. But on the other hand, and it's like yeah, he's playing, but no questions asked. Speaking with Bobby Regan of Barstool Sports here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Oddline. So Bobby, uh, what do you think has just uh, been a, a crazier thing in the NBA playoffs? Just the amount of nagging injuries or injuries in general with players, superstar players in some cases sitting out, or the amount of groin shots that are getting taken by players too? Because <laughs> both of them seem like they're just over the top at this point. I don't know how 
option B is a leading more than option one because <laughs> that happened to be to put me out until the next round. Um, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like every night there's at least one. There's an ejection. Some of them aren't as uh, intent, I would say. Like the, the intent's not there. Like it was Harden got ejected. Uh, what was that? Two games ago, when he, I mean, he was kind of making a motion, and you know, you got guys leaning in, but like the the Grizzlies, I feel like it's every game they're hitting somebody on the Lakers. But the injuries are definitely, I think, the bigger story because of who has been injured. You know, Giannis, Paul George, Kawhi, uh, Fox. You know, Julius Randle battling an injury. Uh, Isaac Okoro's been banged up for the Cavs. It's just like every single. I mean, Embiid's now banged up. Like every single team, for the most part, you're like they have a starter, and not even just a starter, they have a key part that's either playing at like seventy percent, or they're just straight up out because of injuries, and and it it sucks because that's the one nice thing, you know, what you say about NBA playoffs first game state tournament is, you know, if there's an injury in the NBA tournament, you only have one game, right? You can't sit there and be like, okay, well. Let's just let his ankle heal, and he'll be back to 75%. We have six other games. In the NBA playoffs now, it's like, well, these guys are um, missing three, four games at a time, and it does suck because, I, you know, I, I know this is a crazy take, but I like watching the best players play basketball. What do you think of the increase in flagrant fouls? Is it happening more, or the refs just happen to be calling it more? I think it's a combination. Like, there have been – a lot of intentional fouls, and I think, you know, again, when you're starting to get into game three, four, playing each other, you get sick of playing each other, and those fouls get harder and harder and harder. And, you know, the intensity wraps up because, hey, we, you know, we have one game until our season's over. Like, we, we need to do everything to win. Um, and then the refs just try to, like, minimize how how many of those hard fouls go on. And, and you know, and so many of them are – uh, like opinion calls, right? Like, okay, you got hit while going up, but it wasn't, he landed weird, but it wasn't really like, he wasn't trying to hurt him, but he landed weird, so we have to call a flagrant. So I, there haven't been too many intentional fouls where I'm sitting on the couch just like, oh, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a hand check foul. Like, what are we doing here? But it, it does seem like there are getting more and more flagrant fouls. Yeah, and it just, uh, again, you could chalk it up to, to many different things there, too. And, of course, the, one of the big guys that have uh, been talked about so much is Dylan Brooks and, and, and the trash talk yeah. that he's had. Like, it's, I mean, it's fun because you see villains or you see guys like this all the time in basketball. But I just feel like, man, there's certain people that when you poke them and they make you pay for it, ends up making you look even worse. And as of right now, at least, uh, LeBron is definitely making Dylan Brooks look a lot worse. Well, Dylan Brooks is making Dylan Brooks look yeah, a lot worse. Like, yeah. you, you can you can lose to LeBron. That's, it's very justifiable considering mm-hmm. 99.9% of people that ever play this game probably would. You can't hide from the media. You can't run your mouth and, and talk like you're this villain and then do nothing. He's two games in a row, he's sitting from the media while playing bad games. And, like, I wrote a blog today kind of going through the list of athletes that have done something like this before. And it's just like he's up there for one of the worst performances after uh, a little bit of you know what talking and then hiding from it. It's like if you're going to run your mouth, you need to answer the bell when it comes calling. Kind of a crazy dynamic going on with the pe- the next two nights in the playoffs. All the teams that are down three one are the road teams tonight. The teams that are down three one are all at home tomorrow. So. 
you would expect with tonight's game that those road teams are going to be eliminated, at least a couple of them maybe. And then uh, tomorrow you're looking at teams that are down 3-1, they get a chance to go back home, and they're looking to survive and, and play another game. Yeah, I, I think at least two get eliminated tonight. You know, I think Atlanta would be a popular pick, and I didn't think Denver and Minnesota. I mean, the Clippers, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose, but, you know, they are still like, – I, I just think the Clippers are decent enough to maybe steal one. And then tomorrow, like, I, I, I'm not going to be surprised if the Cavs beat the Knicks to, to go back to the Garden. Uh, and then what's the other one? Oh, Memphis. I don't know. Memphis is a mess. Like, I would not be surprised if they get the gentleman sweep here. Okay. I agree with you. Typically, if you're down 3-1 at home or going back home, you're sitting there going, all right, we're, we're going to win one here. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll at least live to get to 86. But it's, I don't know. I, I would not be surprised if we see three out of the five done by, what, end of night tomorrow. Yeah, and then the Bucks heat. The Bucks are going home down 3-1 tomorrow also. And the Bucks, yeah. I forgot about them, yeah. I just still can't believe they're three. I think they win. Um, you've got the legendary Jimmy Butler performance. I would not be surprised to see a legendary Giannis performance back home, um, especially with another day of rest. Well, and that's the thing too, Bobby, is again, we, we still got a lot of games to be played, but since there are a lot of underdogs or at least lower-seeded teams that have uh, some leads in these series, do you see still one team being the overall favorite to still win it all? Is, is it more just – Kind of pick your poison here. Just who do you think out of right now is in the best position to continue it on and win it all in the NBA? I think it's a little bit pick your poison because the second, like I would typically just say the, the Suns because I think the Suns are, are awesome and probably the most talented team in the in the league. But you know, if, if everything holds, they're the four seed against the one seed Denver with home court advantage and Nicole Jokic and all that. But you know, if you give me Paul Durant, Booker, I, I, and Eaton, I'm pretty sure they could figure it out. Um, but it, 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 and then even like in the East, you get again if everything holds, you get Philly, Boston, where typically you say one of those, but it's like I don't know, flip a coin who you like more between Boston and Philly in that in that series. I don't, I mean, I hate both teams, so I, I don't want to pick one, but it, 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 they do feel equal. Where it's like I, I don't know if anybody's really set up to make a run, I, I guess you could maybe even say the Warriors because, you know, you get the Fox injury, then you, if, if it holds, you get home court against the Lakers. You have Steph and Clay and, and Draymond who have gone through all this before. I mean, they could be in the best spot. It, 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 it does feel open, especially if everything holds the way it currently is. Those second-round matchups start to look weird, and, and you can really just kind of talk yourself into a, a lot of different like a lot of different conference final matchups all of a sudden. Sixers are the only team they got a sweep, and Joel Embiid is another one of those players who's dealing with an injury. How much of a factor is that, and how much does that help that they get this rest and uh, he's able to be able to recover from this injury before they get into the next series? It's massive because, this, like again, I'm not breaking news here, but Sixers need Joel Embiid to beat the Celtics. You're not you're not beating the Celtics without Embiid and Embiid performing like an MVP. Uh, their second-best player isn't good enough to compete with Brown and Tatum and, and everything else that the Celtics have. So, you know, they're cheering heavily for Atlanta. They want that series to extend so Embiid can just get rest. And, and it's what, like an LCL injury, I think, is what they labeled it as. Let him get rest. Let him try to get at least be as close to healthy as possible 
um, because it, it does feel like Philly Boston is going to be a war if that holds. And, you know, I think if that goes seven, no one would bat an eye at it. Bobby, I do got to ask you just a little bit, uh, since, of course, you're, I know you're a college basketball fan, too, and also a Kentucky fan, too. So uh, how confident are you about uh, landing Hunter Dickinson? And uh, how, how much you guys uh, how much you guys forking over, if that's going to be the case, if you're going to be bringing him in? <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm shocked Arkansas isn't in the mix because they're in the mix for every single person who hits the portal somehow. And somehow they have 142 scholarships down there. I don't know how Musk does it. Um, but it seems like all of a sudden he has 19 transfers and four recruits coming in while bringing back seven other guys. And it's like, well, there's 15 people on the roster. How do we do this every year? Um, yeah. Somewhat surprised if Hunter does go to Kentucky just because there is the option for Oscar to go back. And Oscar hasn't made a, a definitive statement one way or another. So it's like, well, what happens if Hunter comes and Oscar isn't ready, you know, decides he wants to do another year of college, you're not having both of them back, then are you really shipping Oscar out somewhere else? And it, 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 it's a weird scenario that Kentucky's currently in in terms of Hunter, Hunter and Oscar. And also, the guess, Hunter Dickinson is awesome, but it doesn't solve the defensive issues that Kentucky had last year with Oscar. Not like, not like Hunter's an elite defender, especially in, in the ball screens where Oscar got destroyed. So, it, 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 I mean, it would be obviously a big, big move, and yes, like it, there are a lot of pros to it. But I'm looking at it like, what, what's really the scenario here? Is there not a better, a bigger name, or maybe a better player, but a better fit that Kentucky should go after? Before, before what you get out of here, Bobby, you mentioned Arkansas. Like they got those five players coming out of the portal, and I know you know a few yeah. of them, man. Like. So is this sustainable? Like, what do you think of the team and the roster that Muss has been putting together? I mean, it's it's kind of a Muss roster again, right? Like a bunch of wings, a bunch of guys that are versatile. I'm, I'm assuming they'll be just fine defensively. Um, can you get enough shooting, right? Like that's kind of the, the Muss staple is, hey, we have a bunch of guys that can definitely go get a bucket, but is there going to be enough consistent shooting to where – you don't have to do the, okay, here's my offensive lineup, here's my defensive lineup. I'll never have my best five out there at once, though. Um, but, I mean, it's it, it's, a, it's another must offseason where these guys that are hitting the portal and you're like, I yep, that's, that's Arkansas. That's a 6-7 wing that can handle the ball and be a good enough defender. Yeah, I think it's the vibe Razorback fans get too. It's at the point where they're just like, "Okay, Mush, you, you've you've proven yourself, man. We, we'll just trust you. <laughs> like whatever whatever you're that's, doing." That's the other thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, hey, whatever you're doing, we know you've had success. So whatever you want to yeah. do, however you want it to look, we'll just uh, go along with it. But uh, yeah, there's no one that should question what Mush does because if you make sweet, I mean, I know, I know you want a Final Four, but you're making sweet sixteens every year. You're at least doing something right. Yes, yes, more so than a lot of teams. Bobby, as always, man, we appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the NBA playoffs, my man. All right, have a good one, guys.